You're listening to the Aligned Action Podcast, the show that helps baffled beginners and even experienced entrepreneurs set intentions, attract ideal clients, and make meaning and money using real-life examples, an interactive teaching style, and in-episode experiences. I'm your host, Chantelle, an educator-turned-web designer and aligned business mentor at Clear Quartz Creative. Together, we'll get past your playing small patterns and transform your all-over-the-place ideas into exciting possibilities so you can get the clarity you want, have the alignment you need, and embody the steps to grow your business your way. So take a deep breath, settle in with intention, and let's get into today's episode. I'm going to do my best to keep this episode light and not get too deep into the whole self-awareness side of things. I'll try to keep myself from being too wordy to be truly meta. Wordiness is something that has come up with client after client and now student after student. I am glad that one of Facet's subscribers asked me to touch on it in an episode. So let's begin here. If ever we needed a reminder that we link the expression of our words with the expression of our worth, it is around this feeling of wordiness. In the moment of feeling wordy, like what you're writing is taking too long, you're using too many words, you're not being brief, you're taking up too much of people's time. It is your perception that will ultimately define how your words will land with the people who are taking in those words. Of course, carefully consider the medium. If for what you're writing and where you're sharing, it truly is too long, okay, that's fine. But beyond that, the goal is really for you to own what you write. The people who want to read some of it, they're going to read some of it. And the people who want to read all of it, and those people do exist, they will read all of it. That's my quick answer to the wordy issue. I will go deeper into different aspects here. I just want to approach it from all angles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about many ideas around writing and wordiness. I'm boring actual questions and actual thoughts from my subscribers to illustrate for you how to handle these feelings as they come up when you write. On our first call of each new quarter, we're working on a new topic because a new issue of Facet has just come out. And we had our first call last week for the Better Your Brand Voice issue. The first call is one that I call intentional implementation. Tell you a little bit about what goes on during that call so you can situate yourself into this topic with me. We start with a meditation and this one was throat chakra inspired since the topic is of course brand voice. So there's that connection there. And then we move into some journaling. I have subscribers establish a baseline where they record their thoughts and their beliefs about the topic. And then we schedule into their calendar when they're actually going to work on the issue. So that could be reading, reflecting, actually writing in the book, and then of course doing the extension work that's actually going to benefit them all of the homework. There's usually time at the end for questions to be asked. On this call last week, I was asking my subscribers what they wanted to hear more about on the podcast, what kind of like extension of their learning in Facet they wanted to hear. And this topic of being too wordy came up in those thoughts and beliefs that they were journaling. One thing that was said on the call is this. Something I get hung up on is being too wordy and I sometimes think it's because I don't post very often. When I do it feels like I'm writing a journal entry and I just want to include so much stuff and I can't stop writing. Okay. This makes sense. If you only email once a month or if you only publish a post once a month and you're trying to fit every little thing into that one container, I can see how wordiness is going to feel like an issue. So in this case, what I'd recommend is that you write it all out until you feel like you've got every detail without censoring yourself. And then when you're done, I want you to think about the medium of where you're posting it. So is it an email? Is it an Instagram post? And from there, you can make a conscious decision. 
knowing what you know about that platform, knowing what the typical length of the standard post or email or whatever it is, make a conscious decision to split it into however many installments you think is necessary. Just because you wrote it all at once doesn't mean it needs to go out all at once. And actually, this can help you feel like you're posting more often, like my student was asking, because you're in essence creating content ahead that you can then dole out at reasonable intervals, like every few days or whatever feels right until they're all posted. Essentially, feel free to include all the stuff you want to include. Just break it up into more digestible parts. Okay, this thought is also directly from a subscriber. As a consumer of content, I do want to read a longer post depending on who it's coming from. I really enjoy reading what they're writing, even if it's a bit long-winded. But there are also times when, even if it's somebody that I typically like their content, sometimes if it's really too long, I'll just move past it. Okay, that's fair. To address part one of that comment, let's run this through a thought exercise. Right now, think of yourself as a consumer of content. Now think about your top five favorite people that create content. Think about those, those top five favorite people. Name their first names inside your head or out loud if that's more your thing. Okay, do you have your five favorite people? Chances are, if any of those five people wrote a book, you would buy it and you would read it. That book is probably hundreds of pages long. It's like the longest kind of journal entry that you can imagine. But you, you're invested. No matter how small your audience is right now or how much of a beginner in business you are, you have people who are this invested. That number is only going to grow as your content gets more precise and more interesting, which is, by the way, the side effect of developing a brand voice. Now let's talk about part two of that subscriber's question. Let's bring that back about moving past content that's too long, even if it's someone you really like. I can relate to that. I've definitely deleted a few emails from my favorite people and I've left them on read or I've put a pin to go back and read later and I've never done it. But that has not impacted my overall relationship with that person's content. I'm still a follower. I'm still a purchaser for those people. And I would say, and this is just my personal but business opinion, so what? If someone doesn't read the entire thing one time, I don't think that's an issue. I definitely don't expect that you as a listener of this podcast, that you also read every word of every one of my emails or that you listen to each episode all the way through or that you've read through my whole website. Like anything else, we all get to pick, we all get to choose what we engage with. I don't think that somebody not engaging with the entirety of whatever piece of content you're talking about due to the length of it, I don't think that's going to cause a significant drop off in conversions or in connections or in conversations for you. My opinion is to allow people to cycle in and out of your content when it feels right for them. Trust that the people who are right for you will be there when they want to be. Now, another wordiness concern from a subscriber. I don't know if it's like a perfectionism thing or if I'm just feeling too much into it. My response to this is, yeah, it probably is a perfectionist thing to some extent, but I don't think overfeeling is the problem. I guess because I don't think overfeeling is a problem at all. I think all of our feelings are valid. But when perfectionism is becoming a hang up in your writing, I would recommend taking a break or enforcing a 24 hour rule where you don't allow yourself to press send or publish right away. And that's so that you can go and do something else, like get some much deserved rest because none of us rest enough and then come back to it and then ask yourself, have I gotten more clear on my message in this time away? 
Another idea I have for the perfectionism overthinking over feeling thing, and that's to partner up with another overthinker or overwriter, set up a system to swap and look over each other's work. I used to do that with a good friend from university, Erin. In our first year as music students, we had this theory class and it was at 8.30 in the morning on Mondays and on Wednesdays, and we had an assignment due every single class. There was a short one that you had due on Wednesday because you'd only had two days between class to work on it, and then a longer one that was due on Monday because you had five whole days to focus on it and dread it and like obsess over it if you were me. At that point in my life, nothing felt more important to me than figuring out these assignments. They were so difficult every time. I felt like I was never getting any better at it. And I really had a hard time spotting my own mistakes. I was really trying my best every time, but I was so stressed about it. I really felt like my whole university success was wrapped up in each one of those assignments. I remember tearing holes with my eraser in my I don't remember what it was called like uh, like my blank sheet music because we were writing notes and chords and chord progressions and things I made so many mistakes that you could see all of the pencil marks and the eraser marks on my work and even though I was revising and editing my own work and finding my own mistakes there were always still more of them and it was all very overwhelming anyways enough about my fragile mental state in undergrad my system for dealing with this is that my friend Erin and I would meet up at 7.45 and listen, I'm not a morning person, but we would meet up at the Tim Hortons across the street from the music building. That's like a Dunkin' Donuts if you're listening in from the States. And my friend and I would swap papers. We would go over each other's homework. We'd go over note by note, chord by chord, beat by beat. She would drink tea. I would drink coffee. We would find a few mistakes in each other's assignments, even though we had spent hours working on it solo. So what I'm saying is, you might need an Aaron, someone who also has similar writing tasks to you that you can swap your writing with. Of course, it's important to find somebody who really understands your voice and the context that you're writing in. It's not going to do you any good to have somebody with a completely different style read over your writing, and it won't help either to have somebody who doesn't understand your industry. You're not looking for a critique here, as in you're not looking for someone to change what you're doing. You need someone to help you make it more you, not more them. You know what I'm saying? I hope that helps with the perfectionism, the overthinking, the overwriting, all of that. One note on wordiness, when I was on the subscriber call, I piped in that I think that it's okay to be long-winded if that's what you want your brand voice to reflect. If your sentence style is long, you tend to write long sentences. And if you tend to write longer captions, longer emails or entries, if that's part of your brand voice, I think that's okay. And then one of my subscribers said, okay, but I don't think for me that that's necessarily going to be appropriate all the time. Like, yes, that can be part of my brand voice, but and, and still it's not going to work everywhere, which is true. She asked, is there a way that I can find a balance between those two things if I like both of them? Like to be wordy sometimes and not wordy other times. Yes, of course. We are entrepreneurs for a reason. We can do anything. I'm going to refer you back to an earlier answer here to start. You can always write a longer piece and then break it up into more manageable pieces after you've finished writing. That is always an option. Another thing is that text of any length can work in any medium if it's broken up appropriately. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but paragraphs have gotten way shorter down to like one sentence or two sentence paragraphs. We're using a lot more line breaks. We're using a lot more punctuation than ever before. And that's all to keep us having the text broken up. So more ellipses. Those are those dot, dot, dots that I'm so fond of. I use M dashes all the time. 
things like parentheses, quotes, all caps to emphasize a word, that little um, star, the asterisk, so many exclamation marks, bullet points, line breaks. We also can and we should use italic and bold and pops of color. All of that we can use to break up our writing when that's an option. All of those things are going to keep people reading longer and keep them more engaged so that they can understand the main points that you're trying to get across through your content, through your communication. One way to find balance then is to let yourself be wordy and break up the text with punctuation and style. Everything I just mentioned about punctuation, italic, bold, color, all of that. And another way is to give people exit points strategically throughout your writing. I'll explain what I mean by exit points. So let's talk about sales pages on your website. And that can also be like a landing page, a service page, product descriptions, all of that. Sales pages that have like 17 sections and are an investment of $50,000 written by a pro copywriter. Those pages are long for a reason. That reason is because some people will read all of it. Usually me. Someone out there needs to read all of it to feel fully informed. They are purposefully speaking to multiple people on the same one page so that people will read the parts that they feel like reading. We are now a society of skimmers. We seek out what interests us, we leave out the rest. We have no problem jumping in and out of engagement with a text. For the person who doesn't read all of it, and that will be many people, they need some exit points. Exit points are just places that they can bow out of reading and still move forward if they want to. Us web designers, well, I'm a former web designer, they use buttons and links and images to do this through their layout. That's why you see on those really long pages, there's a button at the very top to help people skip right to buying if they already know that they want to purchase. And then at the end of every section, that's also designed to speak to a particular type of ideal client. There's another button there. It's also why we build in these little accordion sections where you can like click to expand, but also click to then shorten it back up. So there's all of those design features that you can use to give them exit points, places where it's a natural ending point where they can drop off and still decide to purchase or still decide to go visit that other page that you're linking to. As a copywriter, I also like to break the fourth wall a bit. I like to talk to the person directly. On my personal about page, if you go there right now, I think it's clearquotescreative.co slash about. As that page is styled currently, I have a few lines in smaller print where I'm speaking directly to my reader. I mean, Okay, the whole thing speaks directly to the reader, but I have these small pause points there that ask people to check in with themselves. I ask them to notice how they feel in their body. I would personally love to see more of that out in the world. You're probably, since you're listening to this show, very into self-awareness. So if that's also part of your brand voice, you might want to incorporate that into your copy as well. Sometimes it's as easy as asking a question in your copy, like, uh, how we doing? Do you have any questions? For sure, you would do that in any kind of speaking engagement or in any kind of conversation. If you remember to be conversational in your writing, you will be okay. Remember to have your reader's feelings in mind and just check in with them every once in a while. See where you can add in some pause points. See where you can add in some exit points. See where you can just communicate with them and get on their level throughout your copy. Now, the last subscriber question I'm answering in this episode is, how can I get better at paring things down and keeping it a bit more simple so that things don't take me as long or feel as daunting to even sit down and write in the first place? First, know your topics. Know your subtopics, know your brand messages and your talking points. The more confidence you have in your brand voice, the easier all of this is going to be. But I do have a few mini tips for you if writing concisely is your goal. One, 
Try writing an outline before you start. Just make a note of your main points. And actually, sub tip number one, practice writing more by hand as opposed to typing or talking. I just about guarantee that your work is going to wind up shorter this way when you're off screen. And bonus, you'll reduce your screen time at the same time. Related to that sub point, Two, use some sticky notes. Can you get your whole point across on one side of a sticky? Try it out, see how you do. Number three, be more observant of short form content. One place to do this right now is in Reels captions. That would be a good place to go. For the most part, these are really, really short. Observe how people craft shorter sentences and less of them, less sentences, to get one tiny point across. To that end, think about the tiniest part of one concept that you can talk about in the shortest way possible. Like say you only have an elevator ride to explain something to somebody or, wow, this is really a throwback episode to my university years today. I remember riding the metro in Montreal with my friends. This is pre-cell phones and having to like wrap up conversations when we arrived at someone's stop. So you'd have to dash off your conversation really quick before the door is closed. Like each of you would be on one side of the door. Practice being that quick with a message. What can you communicate in one paragraph? What can you get across in one sentence? What can you inspire with one word? The more you practice writing, the easier it's all going to be. The more you practice writing in less words, the easier that's going to be. All of that is achievable over time, even if it doesn't feel achievable right now. If this episode helped you, please let me know. Tell me what you thought about it in Instagram DMs, or you can send me an email. We can have a conversation about it. If you sense that writing would be simpler, if you knew what your brand voice sounded like, you'd be correct. If you haven't yet subscribed to Facet, what are you waiting for? The current issue is all about brand voice. It's all about making writing for your business feel easier and also about taking up less of your time. So you can work on your wordiness there. Get your copy today at clearcourtscreative.co slash facet. I have full faith in you to become a better writer over time and for you to be able to own your own voice. Thank you for listening to the Aligned Action Podcast. I hope this episode has helped you take the first step to turn your ideas and insights into income. For one-on-one guidance and done-for-you solutions, visit clearquartzcreative.co to see how we can work together. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Each review helps me to help more entrepreneurs like you dig deeper and get crystal clear. Until next week, remember, you're a gem. Every intention you set and every action you take is an expression of being the brilliant business owner you already are.